Welcome to the Uncensored Society Podcast, where guests share their insights, experiences, and tactics to help you accelerate your business. So building, scaling, and monetizing your business is made easier. And now, your host, Kay Suthar. Guys, I have an awesome guest for us today. Oh my goodness, I have been excited to do this interview. Now, for over 30 years... Bob Berg, yes, that's right, you heard that right. Bob Berg has been successfully showing entrepreneurs, leaders, and sales professionals how to communicate their value and accelerate their business growth. Although for years he has been best known for his sales classic, Endless Referrals, it's his business parable, The Go-Giver, co-authored with John David Mann that has created a worldwide movement. While part of a four-book series, The Go-Giver itself has sold more than one million copies and has been translated in 30 languages. That's right, you heard me correctly, 30 languages. It was rated number 10 on the Inc. magazine's list of the most motivational books ever written. And was on HubSpot's 20 most highly rated sales books of all time. Bob is the founder of the Go-Giver Community Network, the first of its kind online business community created by and for Go-Givers. Please welcome to the show, Bob Berg. Bob, I am so excited to have you here. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm excited to be with you, Kay. Thank you. And thank you for that lovely introduction. No worries. Now, there is so much juicy questions I have for you. Um, because when I read the book myself, and I remember I was in Bali, I was under the sun, under the palm trees, right, on the beach, but I could not put this book down. It was absolutely amazing. I mean, I was going to cafes, I was going to restaurants, I was on the beach, I had a cocktail in my hand, but all I wanted to do is read this book. Wow. And I actually remember... While I was reading this book, people actually coming up to me and be like, what book are you reading? Like, you haven't put it down. <laughs> and I was telling them about the book and what I've learned so far, even though I hadn't finished the book. Right? So it, it captured my attention. It captured other people's attention. And it is a must read, i got to say. Now, Thank you. no worries. Before we get into the nitty gritty of the content and the value this book gives, would you be able to give me a bit of a background as to what you were doing and how this book came about? Well, I collaborated with a guy by the name of John David Mann, who's an absolutely <laughs> wonderful writer He uh, and, and entrepreneur. Uh, he really was the lead storyteller, the lead writer. So, you know, I'm much more of a how-to author, which have been all my other books, but uh, we wanted to do a parable. Uh, which is, you know, a short story that is typically easy to read with characters you can relate to. And, and, uh, it's really about a, a guy who's a young and up and coming, uh, salesperson. He's ambitious and he's aggressive and he's really after it, but he's very frustrated because he hasn't achieved the kind of success he feels he, you know, has deserved, right? And, and he, he met a, a mentor who introduced him to some other people. And what he really came to learn, the basic principle of the book, the basic premise, Kay, is simply that shifting your focus, and this is really where it, where it begins, shifting your focus from 
getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others. That doing so is not only a more fulfilling way of conducting business, it happens to be the most financially profitable way as well. Right. And so a lot of these tactics in the book, it's so simple, but again, it's things that a lot of people miss. And you made this book so, so easy to read and understand. How were you able to put these complex ideas together and make it so simple for everybody? Well, first, that's where, you know, a John David Mann comes in because he has a a, a knack, you know, a way of being able to do that. But what we really wanted to do was take basic principles that John and I had both learned and studied uh, for years. I mean, John, again, John was a successful entrepreneur. I was an entrepreneur. He was a writer. And so he got to interview some of the most successful people in the world as a as a speaker. I've gotten to share the platform and have dinner with some of the most successful people in the world. So and, and certainly we both read and studied success. Um, we found as, you know, as we look at writing the book that there were basically five principles, okay, that, that every, and we'll say not just successful, but every sustainably successful person that these people tapped into. And this is throughout history. This is not just recent. Okay. So there's Mm -hmm. nothing about this that's particularly new, but there are five principles that successful people of our always tapped into. Um, They didn't always know that's what they were doing. Many people just did it intuitively, right? They didn't even know that's what they were doing. Other people knew. Now, John and I gave these five principles or laws, certain names. Okay. But the same principles that people have always used. And when they utilized all five of these principles, they would be sustainably successful. If they they didn't use even just one of them, they could still reach a certain level of success, but it wouldn't be to the degree that they could that they could really if they if they applied all of them. Right. Now would you be able to give us a quick review of the five laws that you and John shared in the book? Sure. So the laws themselves are the laws of of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. Uh, law number one, the law of value, what that really says is that aside from just the product or service that, you know, that you're, that you're, uh, helping someone to, to own, it's the entire experience itself that's really the difference maker. We call it giving more in value than you take in payment. Okay. That doesn't mean you don't make a profit. You make a very, very healthy profit. Okay. But it's because the experience itself, everything that person derives, from the product and the service and dealing with you and your company and the the excellence you provide, the consistency you provide, the the attention uh, to detail you provide, the empathy you provide, the appreciation you provide, everything together makes them feel as though they receive so much more than what they paid for, which they did, while you also make a very healthy profit. In fact, in any market-based exchange, there should always be two profits, the buyer profits and the seller profits, because each of them comes away better off afterwards than they were beforehand. Right. When that's the case, you follow the law of value, and that's really where it all begins. Next, the law of compensation says that your income is determined by how many people you serve as well as how well you serve them. So it's not just, you know, the first law, the law of value that represents your potential income, but it's not enough to just give great value to one person. 
you've got to also impact the lives of many people. Right. And that's where income comes into play. Law number three, the law of influence says that your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Now, not in a when we say, you know, other people's interests first, not in a self-sacrificial way or a martyrish type of way, of course not. It's it's doing so in such a way that, well, it's understanding first that nobody's going to buy from you because you need the money. They're not going to buy from you because you want them to. They're, they're not going to buy, buy from you because you have a quota you're wanting to meet or a goal you're wanting to hit. They're going to buy from you because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so, which is the only reason why anyone should buy from you or from <laughs> me or from anyone else. So it's placing their interests first because that's what counts. You know, you've got to be able to fill their needs, their wants, their desires. So, exactly. and, 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 you know, there's a, a golden rule of business that Joe, the protege in the story uh, was, would learn from several of the mentors. And that is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you from others than by genuinely moving from that I focus or me focus to an other focus, a focus on them. Or as, as uh, Sam, the um, uh, one of the mentors in the story, advised Joe, it's about making your win all about the other person's win. Right. So that's really law number three. Now, law number four is the law of authenticity. And that one says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. And in this part of the story, Deborah, the mentor, um, she explained that all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, and they are all very, very important. They're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core. But when you do, when you, as we like to say, show up as yourself, right? Day after day, week after week, month after month, people feel good about you. People feel comfortable with you. People feel safe with you. And why wouldn't they? They know who they're getting. And that type of consistency uh, through, you know, following, acting congruently with your authentic core, that's what inspires and keeps trust. And then the fifth law is the law of receptivity. And this kind of brings it home because it says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. You know, Kay, what this really means is nothing more than understanding that, yeah, you breathe out. Well, you also have to breathe in. You breathe out carbon dioxide and you breathe in oxygen. It's not one or the other. You've got to do both to survive, to thrive, right? You breathe out, which is giving, breathe in, which is receiving. Giving and receiving are not opposite concepts, though, unfortunately, that's the message the world around us gives us all the time, Yeah. right? That there's something wrong with money or business or yeah. prosperity or abundance and yeah and all the horrible what i call anti-prosperity messages okay and we get them all the time so so yeah giving and receiving are not opposites giving and receiving are simply two sides of the very same coin 
and they work in tandem. Uh, so it's not, are you a giver or a receiver? No, you're a giver and a receiver. Now, we know, though, that it begins with the giving. That's what comes first, right? It's why John David Mann and I say that money is simply an echo of value, right? right? The giving comes first, okay? That's universal law. Uh, that's laws of nature. Uh, we, we, we plant before we harvest. We sow before we reap. We give before we receive. Remember early in the book, Pindar, the main mentor said to Joe, some people have the attitude where they go up to the fireplace and say, first, you give me some fire and some heat, then I'll throw on some logs and some paper and light a mat, right? Well, life doesn't work that way, right? Mm -hmm. we, we focus on the giving of value to others, and then we stay open to receiving. And that's basically the five laws. Yeah, and I, and I love that. Oh my goodness. And I love the contrast that you give regards to breathing oxygen and we breathe out carbon dioxide, right? Again, you just made it so simple for everyone that's listening to understand what that means. That's awesome. <laughs> and so how does a person add value to others without it costing too much money? Sure. And, you know, it's it's very important for you to be able to do that because most products and services today, even though they're, they're good, you know, they're pretty much the same mostly, right? And if a, if a prospective customer can't distinguish between any two products or services, they're always going to go with who has the lowest price. Right, yeah. And, you know, that's not a a good way to do business, right? Is selling on low price is not a good way to do business. It's it's not it's not um, productive, it's not profitable, and it's not sustainable. And if you sell on low price and someone buys from you for that reason, they're going to leave you for the next person who has an even lower price. Plus, if you sell on low price, you, you're not making enough of a profit to be able to first enjoy your business, but secondly, to be able to take care of that person because you're always having to go out and try to get new clients just to cover, you know, what you know what I'm saying? So, so rather than selling on, I always say this, when you sell on low price, you're a commodity. When you sell on high value, you're a resource. Now, in order to be able to do that, though, you've got to be able to distinguish yourself from the others in your field, right? And so how do you do that? Again, without, at, without costing a lot of money, you find, first of all, you become that additional value. You become that value. They're buying you before they're buying your product or service. They're buying you before they're buying the company. Okay. Right. So, so you've got to be that value. So how? Well, the good news is there are dozens, if not hundreds of ways to communicate that additional value. Now they tend to come down to five elements of value. Okay. And those elements of value are excellence, which is both in terms of your knowledge as well as how you make that person feel about themselves at every touch point, you know, from the moment you meet them through the relationship building process, through the follow up and follow through, through the sales process, through the referral process at every touch point, do they come away from every conversation or interaction or email or phone call or text or whatever, feeling better about themselves than they did before? So that's excellent. Consistency is, as we were talking about earlier, doing it again and again right. and again, right? Uh, excellence plus consistency right there is significant value. But then there's attention. Attention to detail? Sure. But it's attention to them as a human being, not just as a prospective customer. It's getting to know them, 
their likes, their dislikes, what they find to be of value, what they're looking to accomplish, right? And there's empathy, probably the most important people skill there is. It's that ability to, you know, uh, uh, the, the dictionary would define empathy as the identification with or vicarious experiencing of another person's feelings. But the truth is we don't always know where another person's feeling. We often don't know. We're not them. So I think really when we talk about empathy, Kay, we're talking about not necessarily understanding how they feel as much as understanding that they're feeling something and and communicating to them, letting them know, and it might be through what we say, how we say it, or just how we show up, letting them know that we understand this, that they're not, that, that they're, that, that there's something distressing, you know, distressful to them. And that we're there to help them work through it. That's mm-hmm. empathy. And then there's appreciation or gratitude. It's that it's that feeling that you're glad to have them in your life, right? They're not a bother. There's someone we're glad to have in our our life and attempt to serve. And when we have that attitude of gratitude, we're able to be happy. And happiness attracts. People want to do business with people who are happy, people who are enjoying themselves, because people who are happy are confident. People who are confident are successful. People who are successful are good at what they do. And these are the kinds of people they want to, you know, be around. And it's so funny you mentioned happy. I was actually having a conversation with somebody about their business and how it's being run. And are they happy running this business? Are they happy doing what they do? And she goes, you know what? No one's asked me that. No one's asked <laughs> me if I'm happy. Important question. <laughs> right. And she goes, no, I'm not happy. So I was like, why are you doing this then? Right? That your business won't be able to thrive and it will reflect on yourselves, your customers and how they feel. If you're not happy, how can you change someone else's life for the positive if you're not feeling happy in yourself? And so that's so strange that you picked up on that and you mentioned that when I had this exact same conversation with someone else today but thank you for confirming all of that well it's where gratitude comes into play because gratitude is the trait which makes happiness possible because let's face it you can have so many things so many blessings in life and i'm not talking that it has to be a an airplane or a boat or anything. I'm talking about just, you know, that we can see, hear, touch, taste, smell, feel that we have a roof over our head, that we have meals to eat, that we have friends, that we have a business that we're, that we're good at, that we're this and that, you know, all the little things. But if we're not living in gratitude with a sense of gratitude, right? It's the same as not having any of that. And so that's why the, you know, the best thing she can do is, you know, is, is answer the question, well, what is it about what you do that causes you happiness? What are you happy about? Right. And, you know, I remember learning this first one in, in a book by Zig Ziglar. And the, the, the person said she hated work and she was not happy at all working for the firm she was working. And he said, is there anything that you're happy? No. Well, do you enjoy the paycheck you get? Oh, yeah. Well, I like that. You know, right. do you like the benefits that you get? Oh, I love that. You know, do you like the people you work with? Well, yeah, they're really nice. Oh, okay. So there's right there three things. Now make a list. You know, what is it that you do enjoy about what you do? Now, th- this person, your your client, she may still not be happy with this. And it might be something where she either has to 
continue doing it because right now that's how she's making a living, but while she's looking for something else, or she might find that if she focuses on certain aspects of it, she will be happy. I don't know. I don't know this person. I don't know the situation, but, but you're absolutely right. That happiness is an absolute key. That doesn't mean we have to love everything about what we do because life is life and we don't know, you know, (laughs) but, but it means we have to have a genuine feeling of well-being Right. You yeah. know, while we're while we're doing it, if we're going to thrive and, and again, be able to, to help others to the best of our ability. Right. Most definitely true. I mean, oh, my goodness, happiness. It, it stems from being happy. Right. And everything does follow. So yeah, definitely. Um, but I want to just kind of take a couple of steps back. OK. Right. And talk about value, because one of the things that I hear all the time is, yes, we've got to give value to people. Mm-hmm. We've got to show them that we can actually, you know, transform their lives or the business or whatever it is. But then they go, where is the line between giving value and then giving too much value where you're not monetizing and you're not receiving back what you deserve? So where is the line between that? So I think there are actually two questions there, and they're both excellent ones, okay? The first one is, what does value even mean? Right. So let's define it, okay? Where price is a dollar figure or whatever currency a person, you know, works with, okay? Right. Um, Value is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something, to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, this service, this concept, this idea, this opportunity, whatever it happens to be, okay, that brings so much worth to another person that they will willingly exchange their money or time or energy, let's say in this case, money for it and be glad they did. That's value. So when we're talking about giving value, that's what we're talking about. Now, here's the thing. Value is always in the eyes of the beholder. It's not what we think is of value. It's not what we think they should think is of value. It's what they believe is of value. So our job is to simply discover what that person needs, wants, desires, what will solve their problems, what will bring them closer to happiness. In other words, what we, our job is to discover what they value and give it to them in exchange for the. Now let's go to the other question, which is a great one. When is it that you're giving too much away or when is it that you're okay so so even there we've got a couple different questions because one is you know content you know we give away free content a lot of times well why do you give away this free content because you're looking to attract that person Mm -hmm. to want to know more about who you are what you do you're looking to establish that know like and trust so that this person wants more of what you do that they will be willing to pay for. Right. Okay, that's that's what content creation is, is all about. Now, I believe content creation should be mixed with outbound and so forth, but but either way, it's however one does it, that's that that's okay. Now, so can you give away too much in terms of your your um content? I think it's difficult to, and the reason why is is this, and, and this doesn't hold all the time, but it does it holds most of the time. Okay. For someone to really, and of course, all your content, let's assume, is very value-based and very helpful. Okay. Um, but for someone to take it to that next level and be able to really apply it in a way that they're gonna benefit the most, they probably need your help to do so. Yeah. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. So, so by and large, so your job is to communicate to them that yes, that the value here is, you know, is going to be very helpful and you don't communicate it by saying that you do it by providing wonderful value. And also as you're doing this to inform them how they can um, reach their full potential utilizing this. And that is where they contact you for more information to set up a consult or whatever, again, whatever it is you, you need to do. Now, the other part, of, of that about the giving too much value or giving too much. I don't think you can give too much value. I think you can give inappropriately. And that is if that other person is a taker, someone who they're just trying to get the most from you while paying you the least. And I, I hear this from coaches a lot, but it's from many people in, in business that um, they'll have an agreement with someone as far as what they're going to do and, and the price that they're that the person's going to pay right. uh, in exchange for this value. And then the person will keep asking them to do more and more mm. things. We call that scope creep, right? Because the scope of what you're supposed to be doing keeps creeping more and more and more right. and more. Now, that's up to us to make sure that we, while while communicating with them tactfully and diplomatically, to also honor our own boundaries. Right. Now, this is one reason why I believe in written agreements, not because you don't trust the person, but mm-hmm. because memories tend to fade. Yeah. And we want to put down in writing what the expectations are from both parties. Then when that person's asking you to do things that you just don't feel you should be doing. Now, if you want to, of course, do it. But I'm talking about if it's over and above and you shouldn't be and they're wanting more and more and not, you know what I'm saying? Then what you can do is very tactfully, you know, say, oh, thank you so much for asking. Um, I believe if you check our agreement um, that what it has is for me to blah, 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 blah. Okay. Now, if you would like to discuss... um, my doing these additional services, uh, we can certainly discuss that. It would come at a higher fee. And if that's something that you would like to, you know, look into, I'd be honored to do so. You know, right. now what we're doing is in a very kind, diplomatic, non-defensive type of way, we're letting the person know that, hey, you know, I this is what I'm going to do. And this is what we've agreed to. We can discuss my doing more, but it is going to be more money. So now what you've done is you've just very diplomatically reestablished your boundaries. Right. And so what I'm hearing there, Bob, is being tactful, but then also understanding your own value. Yeah. And putting boundaries and setting certain things in, in place to make sure that, you know, you're not taken advantage of either. Okay. There is nothing about being a go-giver that is congruent with being a doormat or a martyr or self-sacrificial. It simply means that we understand that the focus needs to be on bringing immense value to others. Right. It doesn't mean that we hurt ourselves or harm ourselves uh, in, in doing so. And I'm so glad you said that because that was what I was getting to. And you, you said it before everyone got there. It's not about us being a doormat and being taken advantage of at all. Not a bit. Right? So no. you've hit the nail on the head there. Thank you so much for that, Bob. And very quickly, I want to mention something else and just go into a little bit of a discussion about a protege. When you have a protege or even, you know, if you're a mentee, how do you then provide value to your mentor? Because at that point, you, you don't know very many things. You don't know much. You've got a mentor because they're there to kind of guide you. 
So how do you give well, value to a mentor? Yeah, well, a mentor-protege relationship is a very special relationship where obviously the me- the mentor has a lot more to offer. That's why they're the mentor. But the protege can still absolutely provide value through one, gratitude and appreciation. Mm-hmm. Two, by doing what is suggested and having right. having success. Three, by continually thanking that person, personalized thank you notes or other, you know, it might be gifts. It could be through making a small donation to the the mentor's favorite charity or something in their name. It can be from connecting them with someone else. It could be if if the the protege is great with technology and the mentor, if they're old like <laughs> I am, they they probably are not as much. It's and you find something on their site that you could help them with. It's going ahead and doing that and letting them know you'd like to do that as a way of of you know being able to say thank you to them. So there's lots of ways that is a, okay. Uh, and then and then the biggest way is that once you've gotten to a point of of real significant success, that you then mentor others and that you have your own protege. Right. right. Oh, okay. That is amazing. Again, you just made that sound very simple, right? It doesn't have to be something big, something right, huge, exactly. right? <laughs> just the little things that count the most, right? Yes, so true. that's amazing. Now, if someone's just starting up and they're looking for a mentor, how do they find a mentor that they can work with where they both, I guess, have the same values? Well, well, that's first of all very important. Is you you want to have a mentor that does have the same basic values as, right. as you have, and and you know you're able to before approaching someone, you're able to learn about them, studying them, and and learning online and and so forth. Uh, the big thing is that when you when you approach someone who you would like to have mentor you, is it's probably not a good idea to just say, you know, especially if there's no relationship established already and they they don't know you or they they hardly know you, uh, you know, the, the, the worst thing is to just say, Hey, will you be my mentor? Because they probably <laughs> have first lots of people who, who ask them that and they don't have time to do that. And, and, and it might sound a little bit entitled to just ask somebody to, you know, basically yeah. share 40 years of your experience, even though you don't know me at all. Right. Yeah. Um, which is what, what that question's basically doing. And it doesn't distinguish you from anyone, one else. So what, what you can do is you can, you can approach anyone and you can say, you know, I, I realize you're extremely busy. Uh, if this is something you either don't have time to do or for whatever reason, you'd rather not, I'll totally understand. I'm just wondering if I might ask you one or two very specific questions. Okay. Now what you're doing is you're, you're, you've approached them in a way that you, you realize it's a big ask. So you're respecting the idea of it. Okay. Um, you've given them the out or back door by saying, you know, if it's something you just rather not do, I'll absolutely understand. This makes them feel secure that you're, you're not going to push yourself on them. Right. They, that makes them understand that you are going to respect whatever decision they, they make, which makes them feel more comfortable. They're more likely actually to say yes when they understand that you're giving them that out. But the big thing you did is rather than just say, Hey, I'd like to, you know, pick your brain or ask you a bazillion questions or I'd like, you know, uh, what you say, one or two very specific questions. Most people have time for one or two very specific questions. Right. And so they'll probably say, sure, uh, you know, go ahead. What can I, you know, and then you want to make sure that you've researched them enough that you don't ask them something you could have already found out online or something. Um, But you want to make sure you don't take up much of their time. After Mm -hmm. the conversation, you send them a personalized handwritten 
note of thanks. Uh, and, you know, at the end of your conversation with them, you thank them profusely and let them know that, you know, that, that you will uh, apply their their wisdom immediately. And would it be OK if I, you know, followed up from time to time and just kind of kept you up to date on what's what's happening? And they'll say, sure, of course. Right. right. So after you send them that note and then again, I would make that small donation in their name to a their local chair, their charity that they they support. Yeah. Um because remember, it's going to get back to them that you made a donation in their name. And and again, you're not doing it as far for false flattery or anything, but just so again, they know that you respect the process. Right. Uh, and then I'd follow up and, and you know, and, and then ha- write a, the handwritten personalized note is important because it's going to say so, something like, dear Mr. Johnson or dear Ms. Jones, thank you so very much for taking, you know, precious time out of your day to share such immense wisdom with me. I look forward to applying it right away. We'll follow up with you to let you know how that, you know, best regards and then sign your name, put it in an envelope, put a stamp on it, send it. Very, very impressive because most people don't do that. So now a few weeks later, a month later, you might call them with another question and, you know, you go from there. Now, if a mentor-protege relationship is supposed to develop with that person, it will. If not, it won't. Okay, don't, you know, do the right things, but don't be attached to the outcome, right? It might be that this person's going to be a one or two or three person conversation. It might be many conversations. It might be that one. It might be you meet someone else and have a conversation and someone else. And eventually you meet that mentor who's going to be your maybe and maybe not. So, you know, again, we want to do it. We want to do the right things without attachment to it having to happen. Okay, so don't force a situation is what you're saying. Okay, okay. Now, I know at this point, Bob, people are thinking, oh, my goodness, how do I become part of the Go-Giver community? How can I get my hand on that book and read it? So where can people connect with you or be part of your community? Where can they go? Well, they can find the book practically anywhere, but they could go to bergburg.com if they'd like. Uh, and it, it, where it has the book, you can click through to your favorite bookstore, um, to join the community, uh, in this, we're really excited about just go to the go giver community. So not the gogiver.com, but the go giver community.com. And there's information there on how you can join and be part of that very growing, uh, community. Fantastic guys. I urge you to go and research Bob, go get the book, go join his community because it's it's going to be completely different to any other community out there, right? It's going to be awesome. You're going to be around like-minded people and do, do, please, if you haven't read the book, go ahead, buy the book, read it. It's going to change your life, your business and the way you do things and your communicating and communication with different people. So make sure you go ahead and do that. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. It was awesome to have you here. And oh my goodness, so many golden nuggets. Okay, the pleasure is absolutely mine. I love what you're doing and I just love your spirit and I just think you're fantastic. Thank you so much, Bob. That means a lot. Mm -hmm. Make it a great day.
Thanks for listening to the Uncensored Society podcast at www.uncensoredsocietypodcast.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can get this and every other episode that's coming out. We have lots of great stuff coming, so make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss it. And thank you in advance for all the reviews and comments. I appreciate it so much and I look forward to serving you in next week's episode.